Hello, my pastor friend. Thanks for joining us today here on the Shepherdology Podcast. We all need to be fed and have fellowship and be refreshed. Last week, here where I serve at Faith Baptist Bible College, we had our annual Refresh Conference, and this is a time when pastors and wives and other Christian workers gather to be ministered to through messages and workshops and just a whole lot of really good fellowship, and we had over 200 in attendance, and the theme of the conference was Navigating the Personal Challenges of Ministry. And so the main sessions and a lot of the workshops focused on that theme. And boy, was it encouraging for me, and I think it was for a lot of pastors and uh, others as well. And in fact, let me mention this. I preached a message in the conference called Ministry Stress Relief, and this message was about how pastors experience stress and then how to experience relief or at least know how to deal with that stress from a biblical and spiritual perspective. So, hey, if you're feeling stressed, which every pastor does at some point, maybe you want to check that out. And uh, I'll put that on my website. It'll be on a sidebar on deanhtaylor.com, and you can check that out if you'd like. Now, during the conference, I was able to get two of our special guests in my office for an interview for Shepherdology. I'm going to share one of these interviews with you here today, and then the other one in the near future. There's a word that you hear a lot these days related to churches, and it's the word revitalization. There are a lot of churches that are struggling, and some churches, sadly, are even closing. And I know of a few people and ministries that are putting a lot of energy into revitalizing churches that are struggling. Now, whether your church is on a downward trajectory or maybe you have a pastor friend who's in that situation or you just want to learn about this topic of revitalization, I know that you're going to enjoy my guest today. Mike Hess is the National Director of the General Association of Regular Baptist Churches, and Mike is involved with a network of thousands of churches And under his leadership, this organization, the GARBC, is focusing energy and resources on helping struggling churches become stable and solid and just really fulfill their potential in their community. Mike Hess was a main speaker at our Refresh Conference, and while he was here, I interviewed him on the topic of church revitalization. So let's go to that interview now, and I believe you'll enjoy Mike's passion for the church and his passion to help pastors shepherd their churches for the glory of God. It is so good to have Mike Hess with us here today, and uh, he's here for the Refresh Conference at Faith Baptist Bible College, a conference for, for Christian workers, pastors and wives, missionaries, and so on. And uh, the, the, the purpose is to encourage and give spiritual refreshment to people in ministry. And I know that's Mike's heart as uh, the director, national director of the General Association of Regular Baptist Churches. 
and I asked Mike if while he's here, he could spend a few minutes with me here in my office and uh, record an interview for Shepherdology. So, Mike, thank you so much for taking some time to be here with me today and talk with my pastor friends, and I'm sure some of them know you, so they're your friends as well. But would you just start out by telling us about your ministry and what it is you do? Sure. I have the privilege of serving as national rep, as you said, of of the GRBC. We'll just call it that for the sake of brevity. I, I represent the Association of Churches, the Fellowship, the Network of Churches, to the churches. So what that basically means is this. Um, I am the one that um, oversees kind of the direction of our fellowship, uh, the vision of our fellowship, and uh, I also, with that responsibility, preach in a lot of our churches, answer any questions they might have. That also entails me going to churches that are not inside our fellowship, and it also includes going to places like colleges and seminaries, international travel as well. Uh, what we basically are is a fellowship of churches, roughly 1,200 or so in North America. We have 11,000 international partnerships, over 100 endorsed uh, GRBC chaplains that serve in various capacities, and a publishing arm that uh, is in, uh, it's called Regular Baptist Press, that is in over 10,000 churches uh, here in North America and worldwide. And it's a blessing, but that's kind of a nutshell of of what I do. So you you were a pastor. You spend a lot of time with pastors. Mm-hmm. You, you love pastors. You have a heart yes. for pastors. And as we talked about this interview, the idea of church revitalization came up. And so I, I know that some pastors are in a situation where that's that's what they're doing, or they're wondering, okay, my church is struggling. You know, what do I do next? H- how did you develop a concern for seeing struggling churches revitalized? The first church I pastored, I was I just turned thirty years of age. I did not at that time have a seminary degree. I had never done an internship, and I went into a church. I was just thrilled that a church was giving me the the privilege and opportunity to preach the word every week, to love people and shepherd them. I'd wanted to be a pastor for a long time. And I did not know, I just was not smart enough to know at that time, that was a rescue work. It was a revitalization work. And we saw God do some great things in a, in a small town, in a church that had just gone through an ugly split. Again, something I didn't know about when I went into the church And yet God rallied this church around and we saw people come to know Christ and people were baptized and uh, God graciously brought a church back to life. I thought our case was unique. I just had the assumption because we had come from a thriving church when I got into pastoral ministry, I thought most churches were thriving and I did not know that most churches were struggling. And coming together with other pastors at pastor fellowships and hearing them share their hearts helped me understand better that it is a rough world out there for pastors. There's there's nothing better than preaching the gospel. There's uh, very few things in life that are better than having the privilege of being a pastor and sharing the word week after week. But that doesn't take away the trials and the struggles and the burdens that pastors have. And one of them is that we are seeing a record number of churches every year close their doors. Mm -hmm. Most churches are declining. 
And how are we going to change that trend, especially now that I start thinking about what kind of churches are we going to leave for our children and our grandchildren? And if we don't start thinking about revitalization seriously, we're ignoring the biblical mandate of 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, which, you know, you commit to godly men, they commit to others so that they can commit to others. Uh, the multi-generational approach to uh, discipleship. Let's say I'm a pastor. I feel like my church is struggling and I'm wondering, all right, is this a revitalization situation? Is my church about to die? There must be kind of a tipping point where the decline is, is you know, happening. How does a pastor know, okay, this is now a revitalization situation. I need to think of it that way. Maybe I need some help in knowing what to do. What are the signals of that? That's a great question. It's multifaceted. You would have to look at your church and ask this hard question. If you follow the current trajectory of where you've been the last three to five years, and you look five years into the future, what will this church look like? So I would look at it from several different prongs. One would be, are you seeing momentum with the leadership of the church? Are they excited about you and your ministry? Are they excited about the the future of your local church. Second thing is, is there is there fruit that only the word can give, meaning uh, people coming to know Christ, lives being changed, people being conformed to the image of Christ. And the other thing I'd ask, what is the church rallying around? What What is getting that church excited? Uh, if they're more excited about a concert than they are about the preaching of the word, then you might want to re-examine what is the spiritual emphasis of your church. Now, lastly, I brought this up intentionally last, is what is the numerical trend mm -hmm. of your church at mm -hmm. this time? Uh, if you're stagnant, that doesn't necessarily mean you need revitalization. You might need to pause and reconsider and clarify some things. But if you constantly see this decline, that if you look down the road, you will not have people there and those people will not be giving and the church may have to close its doors in a few years. Hmm. It would be wise to humbly face that reality and, and say, we need some help. We need to reach out for help because we love this church and God loves this church and Jesus shed his blood for this church. And we need to look into the future as to how this church can be vibrant for God's glory. One of the issues, I think, with, with a, a pastor who's looking at his church and thinking that things are just, you know, again, just struggling is, uh, well, who, who do I, who does this? You know, who, who in my church can help turn things and who can I look to outside my church? So who would you say are key players in a church revitalization? Well, I'm going to be biased here because of our fellowship of churches, and this is where the benefit is seen to be a part of a fellowship or an association where we lock arms doctrinally local churches that might have different uh, secondary or tertiary differences, but doctrinally we align around the same thing. We are blessed with, with resources and we're well positioned to help churches with uh, the process of revitalization, relaunches, rescue works, whatever you want to call them. We have uh, no interest loans. We have grants that we give out to churches, uh, things that God has stewarded to us. So the first thing would be uh, to humbly reach out and say, we need help. We need help and, and to reach out to those who doctrinally align with you. Because if you don't, you're going to regret that down the road. 
There's going to be values you have because of your doctrinal statement, because of where you stand doctrinally, because it's not all methodology. It's not all about your methods. It is about what you believe. So if you're a part of our fellowship, we would love to help you with this. Claire Jewell is our director of uh, what we call Baptist Builders Club. He's hands-on involved with helping a number of churches in the revitalization process. And there have been, by God's grace, and we give him the glory for this, scores of testimonies of churches that have turned the corner and are starting to see good, solid gospel growth. That is the beauty of a network or an association like that, where you already know that there's like-mindedness on those Mm -hmm. those fundamental doctrines, and you can reach out like that. Uh, Some guys may not have that that resource available or, or know who to go to, but hopefully they can even think in terms of, well, who do I know? Mm-hmm. You know, who do I know who would be a mentor to me? Uh, is there somebody I could reach out to? But the, the key is to to get help and to get some outside mm-hmm. eyes and, and ears and resources involved, uh, somebody that has a heart to, to see that church mm-hmm. uh, turn. What are the steps? And then along with that, is it the same for every church revitalization? Are there, um, you know, different variables there? What, what does that look like? Yeah, it would depend on the church. And we would come and evaluate that and ask the questions. And we do seminars. We have weekend seminars. We have uh, consultations. Sometimes it's over the phone. Sometimes that means we come in and help them. We have what's called a hub residency program. That's basically for church planters. But we also have some of our more thriving, larger churches are helping struggling churches. And I think that's one of the beauties of our fellowship of churches is we're seeing the churches that God is blessing numerically, financially. They're coming alongside struggling churches and helping them. So it would depend where you're at. There's not a one-size-fits-all. For some people, revitalization means you've got eight people coming Sunday morning you simply don't know if next Sunday, literally, you're going to have the doors open. Mm -hmm. And then there's others, they run several hundred people, but they're struggling. And there's not a good spirit in that church. The pastor's discouraged. People are wondering why there's no momentum and why we've declined over the years. Uh, Again, it'd be different for them because they have people, they have resources, but something needs to change. So there's not a one size fits all, but the one common denominator that gives life to every church is the word. It's always the word. So we have to be careful here. As far as our philosophy, it's not the methodology that revives your church. It's God through the power of his word. I totally agree with that. The word has life-giving power the Holy Spirit works through the Word, and that's the source of life in the church. Mm-hmm. And that, that's an encouragement for a pastor. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my pastor friends who are listening, preach the Word mm-hmm. and just keep digging in the Word and expositing the Word and, you know, feeding the flock. And sure, there are some steps to take probably along with that, but just that's the heart of it, isn't it? It's just preaching mm-hmm. lovingly, faithfully, clearly preaching the Word. Mm-hmm. That's great. So a pastor needs to connect with the people who are there, like you said, whether it's eight or even a couple of hundred, and and help them catch the vision for revitalization. How can a pastor motivate those members who are in a dying church or a stagnant church 
to invest their energy, their time, and their resources in revitalization. They need to understand that God loves their church infinitely more than they do. And because of that, they have to think of the bigger picture of their church. A pastor has an enormous responsibility to cast a vision, and I'm careful with how I use that phrase. But what I mean by that is, is he is sharing with his church his burden, his passion, and where he believes God wants him to take that church for the future. And it's important to communicate that to them, that we're going to move forward. We're going to make disciples. We're going to aggressively be sharing the gospel. I'm going to be preaching the word week in and week out, Sunday after Sunday. We're going to constantly take a text of scripture and faithfully uh, expose that text of scripture, first to my own heart and then to the people as I proclaim the word, because we believe that's how God builds his church. And then also along with that is, again, getting back to that question, where do you see this church in the future? Now, if if you're fine with seeing this church die and close its doors after you go home to be with the Lord, then I'm probably mm. not your guy. Mm. You mm. probably want somebody else who's content with that. I mm-hmm. personally do not know any pastors who are content with that, mm-hmm. who would honestly say to me, Mike, one of my greatest dreams is when God takes me home to glory or moves me to another ministry, mm. I want to see this church die. Mm. Nobody mm. would say that. Right. They love their church. They pray for it. They labor. They love those people and they shepherd them week after week. So I would encourage pastors, share your heart with the church and to say, if I'm sharing with you what I believe God's mission for this church is, it's not because I want to change things just for the sake of change. It's because I love God, I love his word, and I love you. And and I believe this is what will help us most as a church to become more like Christ, to be the church that, that God wants his church to be, because again, he loves it infinitely more than, than we do. So if people will catch that that sense of God is at work, God is not finished with us, God has a purpose for his church being in this community, mm-hmm. And uh, let's let's pour ourselves into it. Let's do everything within our power, depending on God, but everything within our power to to just build his work. Mike, let's say a pastor contacts you or somebody in uh, the organization there and says, hey, I, I think I need help. Our church is dying or stagnant. We want to to pursue revitalization. What are you looking for in that pastor? What kind of heart, what kind of passion? are you looking for in that pastor? First and foremost, a humble and teachable spirit. Hmm. He might have a lot of education, a ton of experience pastoring, but in order to face these issues, you've you've got to be humble and say, we are headed in the wrong direction. Hmm. The other thing is to not look at us as the answer people. Mm -hmm. We we Mm -hmm. don't have this uh, guarantee and warranty like Best Buy would give you. (laughs) We're, Hmm. We're going to give you what we think and we believe are practices that are centered upon the word. Mm-hmm. And, and I would encourage people to never follow any kind of church revitalization methodology that does not have at its center and at its core, uh, the faithful exposition of God's word, the centrality of God's word. That's what has to be centered. Uh, so I'd look at that. And then I'd also want to hear his burden for the church. I struggle personally with pastors who tend to have a very negative attitude towards their church or uh, speak in a disparaging way towards the people of their church. 
I, I want to hear a, a heart that is uh, burdened and loving uh, and has a real passion for the future of, of those sheep that God has stewarded to him to shepherd. Good, good. A pastor's heart. All right, so so let's say that, that the pastor has a heart for this. Maybe the people have a heart for this, or some of them do. What is God's heart for this? Can you talk about God's God's engagement, God's interest in this? And is there any scripture that you would say reflects, that gives guidance or encouragement or hope you know, from yeah. the word for this. Amen. I'd go right away. My mind, as you ask the question, goes to Ephesians chapter 20, where Paul is leaving the Ephesian elders. And he talks about caring for the flock, caring for the sheep, caring for the church for whom Jesus shed his blood. So you ask, how important is the church? The Son of God shed his blood for the church on yes. the cross. Yes. I also look at uh, passages like... Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 through 29, Him we proclaim, teaching everyone and admonishing everyone, so that we may present everyone complete in Christ, or complete or mature. Yes. For this I toil, and I strive, and I work with all the strength that He gives to me. You saw there the the real love that uh, Paul had for that church, that I give my energy for one thing, and that's to see you to become more like Christ. The other thing that I think about, that's not going to happen if you don't have a solid church. Mm -hmm. Where are you and your family going to get what you need to become more like Christ? Mm. God's primary plan for this age is the local church. And ultimately, I think of this, this glorious scene in Revelation 19 at the marriage supper of the Lamb, Mm. the church in heaven, uh, kind of a culmination of everything. And, And if you don't think the church is important to God, Think of Revelation 19, the church in heaven, uh, and Jesus, the Son of God, faithful to his bride. Uh, The church is so precious to God, and it has to be so precious to us. And we have to constantly make sure that our thinking, our ideas of the church are so saturated with Scripture. That's really good. Every pastor should go to that. Revelation passage and uh, just just meditate on that and be reminded of the value of the mm-hmm. church and the significance of it. That's awesome. I hate to even think or, or talk this way. It's It seems very negative, but is there a time to consider closing a church? And how do you know? And what does that look like? I ask myself that question all the time. I think there are times, yes, you should. In one way, to put a positive spin on it, Sometimes churches, when they close their doors, there's two thoughts that come to my mind right away. They can either, A, merge with another healthy church where the people can be fed, where there's some stability, and that will help them uh, constantly be fed in a healthy context, in in a thriving local church. The other thing to consider is this. If God has ordained that your church close its doors, and and we're not going to pretend to be infinite in our wisdom with that as to know everything God's doing, you could be good stewards of that. And consider when you do sell off your building, you sell off the assets of the church, how you can steward that to be a blessing to another ministry. We've seen that in our own fellowship where uh, some of that has gone to us and we just reinvest that into church revitalization and church planting. So those are two questions I 
would ask. I, I don't like to have those conversations. I hate getting those letters from churches that have, have dissolved and closed yep. their doors. Or, sadly, and I saw this a lot, you know, we, we're back in the Chicago area, where a mega church will gobble up a solid small church. And, yes. and what they do is they take their building, they mm-hmm. take their polity, they just complete in a hostile takeover uh, take over a church that, in its original intent, never desired that. Well, uh, pastors, you know, whether it's a revitaliza- revitalization situation or not, uh, sometimes are just struggling, and maybe their churches are going through a difficult time. Just give a word of encouragement to pastors of struggling churches. What would sure. you tell them? Uh, stay faithful, if you could. And also, the best thing that ever happened to me as a young pastor is God blessed me with fellow brothers in Christ and their wives, sisters in Christ, who locked arms with us and became dear friends mm. of ours. Yes. And we prayed together. We spent time together. We socialized. We did fun things together. You need that release in ministry. You need good friends. Please do not pastor on a deserted, isolated island. Get together with friends have close friends in ministry. To this day, I have friends that text me how my time in the Word has been, Mm. how my walk with God is, how is my marriage thriving. I need that really every day of my life. So please make good friends in ministry. The other thing is is if you can, if your church is able to financially budget to go to good conferences, I'll put a plug in for Refresh. And obviously for the GRBC National Conference, and there's other good conferences out there as well, to get away uh, and hear preaching instead of you always being the one who's preaching. Make sure you're getting a steady diet of the word. And with that, the last thing I'll just say is this. Make sure you prioritize your own soul's health. Uh, Don't let pastoring keep you from pastoring your own heart. And by that I mean stay close to the word. Stay close to God in prayer. Make sure that you are modeling what you want your people to become, and that is to become more like Christ, and that they can see in you, even as you're struggling, because every pastor is to some extent, they can see in you a First Timothy 4.15. Your progress is made evident to all. Mike, thank you so much for what you shared, and I believe this is going to encourage some pastors and give them some some guidance If a pastor wants to reach out and get advice or help with revitalization, how would he do that? First thing, go to our website. It's easy to navigate. Just go to garbc.org. From there, there's all kinds of information that will point you in the right direction towards Baptist Builders Club and how this process gets started. Perfect. Thank you for your heart for pastors. I know that that is really uh, a lot of your ministry is, is equipping, encouraging guiding pastors. And I know that the men who are hearing this appreciate that and for the time you've invested here today in them. So thanks for spending time with my pastor friends. Thank you. My pleasure. It's been an honor. I am so thankful Mike was able to spend the time with me while here for the Refresh Conference. And I hope you were encouraged by what he shared. And again, I'm not sure if you might be in a situation where uh, revitalization is what's needed, but I know that a lot of times churches are struggling. And so I want to pray for you right now as my pastor friend and just ask God to do whatever he 
wants to and whatever is needed through you and in your church right now. So just wherever you are, calm your heart and quiet your mind and, and let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for this, um, the energy and the the desire that uh, Mike and the GARBC have for helping churches that are struggling. And ultimately, it's it's about you and your work here on the earth. You are building your church, and I thank you that you are using pastors to do it. And Lord, I know that some pastors who are listening right now maybe are in that place where they're wondering, they see their church on that downward trajectory, or maybe they just have questions about what the status and the future of their church are. And uh, maybe maybe their churches are truly just kind of dying before their eyes. And I pray that something that we share today, not only the practical elements, but the truth of your word and of your love for the church would help them and encourage them and just help them to see a path forward. Lord, help them to know how they should lead, how they should shepherd their people and their flock. So give wisdom, give encouragement, and bless them, I pray, even just as they preach the word, Father, even as they prepare for next Sunday to preach the word. And I pray that whether it's five people or 50 people or 500 people that they're preaching to, that they do it with passion, with love, with clarity, and trusting that your word does bring life. So encourage and strengthen my pastor friends, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I mentioned at the beginning of the message that I preached a message here at our Refresh Conference on ministry stress relief. And again, I'll just mention you can find a link for that at deanhtaylor.com in the sidebar. It's called My Sermons. And so I hope you might be encouraged by that as well. Thank you so much, my friend, and let's get together again and talk shepherdology.